This is the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Here comes Adam Mayer, down this left-hand side, he's inside the box, Adam Mayer tries to drive it towards the near post and he scores! Ball in the box, Donald Love! Where has that come from? Whips it in, it's towards the back post as well, and And it's headed in by Baron Rawson. Hello and welcome to episode 117 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. This is Dave Salmon. So here we go again. We're delighted to be once again Morecambe's official commentary partner for the forthcoming season. Full match commentary of every single game, league and cup, home and away, only on Beyond Radio and on I Follow Shrimps. Really, really looking forward to getting going in the next week or two. It's our third season of providing commentary and we can't wait to get started. Thanks, by the way, for all the kind messages messages I've received in recent days since we announced that we were coming back. They are really, really appreciated. The Shrimps Verdict podcast also returns. I guess you knew that though because you're listening to this right now. Highlights and previews and special guests throughout the season. So let's get going with a look ahead to our season opener this coming Saturday. Walsall, the visitors to the Mazuma Mobile Stadium. I've been chatting to Darren Fellows. Daz is a very long-suffering Walsall fan. He's followed the club for decades through good times and bad and the ideal man to give us the full lowdown ahead of the visit of the Saddlers this weekend and of course if you're not heading down to the Mazuma full match commentary as ever I am still on holiday I will join you uh, back for the Mansfield game a week on Saturday you'll be in the very capable hands of Matt Horton he'll bring you all the action live on Beyond Radio and I follow from 2.55 so, Darren, thanks for jumping on our podcast. Uh, really appreciate your time, mates. First one uh, of the brand new season. And I don't know about you, but pre-season, it seems to get shorter and shorter every season. It's come round in a flash. Uh, yeah, it has. It's, um, it, it's, it, 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 I was ready for a break after the last, the end of the last season, given the, given the form we got, really needed a break. But um, I, was, I was glad it come around quickly in the end. And I suppose both of our clubs, we've uh, we've experienced that high volume, that high churn of, of, of players, and, and of course a new manager for yourselves as well to uh, to get your teeth into. Uh, yeah, turnover seems to be um, the order of every summer at the moment, and and the clubs seem to be seem to be trying to to stop that. But um, but yeah, the usual um, double figure turnover of players and. And a new manager going into a new season seems to be, unfortunately, seems to be the norm. Hopefully, uh, this will be the the last season for a while. Hopefully, we can uh, we can get some traction and make some progress and um, and start looking forward rather than worrying how far we're dropping. We'll talk about that drop in a sec. But what what do you put the the high churn of players down to? Is it the fact that you've now got a new manager in? Or is it that the recruitment was wrong last season? I suppose you'd argue it probably was, if given your finishing position. Why is this hard? Why are you having lots of players coming and going every year? 
Uh, it's probably more than anything linked to turnover of managers. You know, we've been through um, I've had many managers since um, since Dean Smith departed. Too many managers since Dean Smith departed, and uh, constantly different managers have different ideas. The um, the, the the turnover of players is 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 partly due to kind of managers wanting players, not wanting players. Um, players feeling, I guess, unsettled, the, the constant one and maybe, you know, two years contracts and a long contract at Warsaw. So um, there's, there's there's a number of reasons, um, a number of reasons. Dean Smith, of course, went on to bigger and better things, Brantford and, and Aston Villa and, and so on and so forth. But it, it has been a, quite a conveyor belt of managers since then, hasn't it? And, and none of them have, have, have seemed to make it stick. Is that because they've just not been good enough or... Has in some cases has it been the case that the board just haven't given them enough time? Uh, I think it's a combination of things. I think we tried everything. We tried uh, we tried the local lad, the, the 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 lad that knew the club. We knew the the, the name, the the tried and tested league too. We we tried a bit of of everything. The young up and coming in, in, in Matt Taylor and, and none of it seemed to work, which suggests it ran deeper. The the, the malaise ran deeper than the. The manager. I think we were kind of in a managed decline in the in the years after Dean Smith departed, and and, and you know the the COVID probably had an impact as well. And um, as I say, I think I think we've got a club that have got a kind of plan in moving forward. The new owners seem to have have, have given a direction, and uh, the manager is no longer the 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 be all and end all. He has to he has to work within the the framework that the club have um, provided in, which is different to what to what's gone on before. And uh, I, I think I'm I'm hoping we've got more settled times moving forward. Let's talk about that ownership then, because obviously Morecambe are in a bit of a situation themselves with with, with ownership and and everything that goes along with that. And and the bizarre situation at the moment with Morecambe where they made a £2 million profit in the two seasons in that they had in League One and haven't got any money in the bank uh, because the owners recalled the loan that he gave the club to keep them afloat in the first place when he took the club on. So it's been, it's been a bit of a ridiculous situation, really. Warsaw themselves have had or did have the same owner for a very, very long time, the name Jeff Bonser, good times and then very bad times. And then two owners in quick succession, now owned by the American consortium and is this the one, is this the one that's going to stabilise the club? I hope so. I hope so. I think when um, you mentioned Jeff Bonser, when Jeff Bonser sold to, to Lee Pomlet, Lee Pomlet made it pretty clear. It was a short kind of spell that we would have him as the, as the owner. He'd be looking for investors. He was, uh, he was good to his work and he's brought in, um, Travella, this uh, American investment company. Um, I shuddered when um, the words American investment company get associated with uh, the football club, but it seems a slightly different model. Um, they're not a charity. They're not They're not in it to pump money in blindly. They're in it for an investment purposes, but it seems to be a much longer-term kind of commitment than anything that we've um, that I've seen from from. American investment companies into fall recently. So I, I guess from that then, 
can you give any sort of hope to Morecambe fans, Daz, that we have got light at the end of the tunnel? There are there are good buyers out there, a lot of rogue ones as well, as uh, as Morecambe have been finding out in the last year or so. But there are good ones out there. We've just got to perhaps be a little bit more patient. Uh, maybe, maybe. I think I think one of the keys to to finding good buyers is having an ownership that, that cares. I think one of the things that that we were looking. Was we had um, we had somebody who wasn't going to sell it just to to anyone. You've seen you've seen in other places where owners just want to get rid of it to to the first person that comes along. There was a lot of due diligence done at at Warsaw and they they chose carefully. And uh, so long as the, the same thing happens at Morecambe, there's there's a chance, you know. So let's look at League Two then, Daz, if we may. Warsaw historically have been a third tier football club, haven't they, for the majority of the club's existence? This is now Warsaw's fifth season in the bottom tier of, of the EFL. And I suppose, from a, a long standing fan's point of view, such as yourself, seen good times and very, very bad times. Five seasons in League Two, that, that's too long. You need to be back up a notch, back where you belong, perhaps. Uh... Yeah, uh, that's easier said than done. This is the, <laughs> this will be the longest spell, or at least equal longest spell that I, as a supporter, have spent in um, in League Two, and the club has spent in League Two. To be honest with you, we normally uh, sorry, we normally drop into when we dropped into the fourth tier, we normally get the equation to get back out quickly. We've had we've had two five year spells. Um, this one may be maybe a little bit longer than that. Um, but it's not easy to get out. To say to a lot of people, it took Burnley seven years to get out of the bottom league, and they nearly went out the wrong way. You know, just just dropping into League Two and expecting to get out isn't um, isn't practical. But it, you have to work. You have to get the balance right. You have to have stability. You have to have the players. It's. Uh, there's no easy route out of any division. You have no divine right being. I mean, we we probably played more games in the third tier. We've won more, lost more, drawn more than anybody else. We have no divine right to a place in the third tier. You have to earn it. And when you see clubs like Morecambe, if I can use that in inverted commas, Daz, get promoted a couple of seasons ago, how do you feel about the smallest clubs, if you will, the smaller fishes in the division, getting promotion and how frustrating is it that the more established clubs such as yourselves are kind of stuck where you are? And I, I don't have uh, any kind of issue. In fact, I probably waved Morecambe goodbye with complete best wishes because they did it the proper way. You know, the teams, are, are Milton Keynes, have got no time for Milton Keynes. They did things the, the wrong way. Uh, they, they, the ultra spenders, Got no no love for the ultra spenders, but clubs that were clubs that upset the apple cart in terms of size and resource and get promoted, wave them on the way very happily. To be honest. So, what is the or how has the League Two landscape changed in the two years since Morecambe got promoted? I think this is the most competitive League Two I've ever seen. I'd argue that it's probably the most competitive League Two that's ever been. Um, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of money being spent in League Two, and not just that the the obvious single club. There's uh, the, there's a lot of money being thrown at a lot of a lot of clubs. There's a lot of resource 
um, elsewhere. I think it's a league of haves and have-nots, and that that's transmitted into into league uh, league one now. You can see that you've got, with all due respect, Morecambe's and Forest Greens at one end. You've got Sunderland and Ipswich at the other end. You know that that that's a, a genuine extreme that you wouldn't expect to see, and and I think that's transmitting now into across the four leagues or the uh, you know the league two as it is. I think it brought it home to us last season. We played Ipswich at the end of January and that week it was the end of the transfer window. They signed two players for a million pounds. We've got a youth team player on loan from Burnley who hadn't played a minute of senior football and they were on the same pitch with each other. So that really showed the gap between the haves and the have-nots. But I think, like you say, League Two, it looks, dare I say, a, a very tasty division to be in. But at the same time, probably a very difficult one to get out of for sure for sure I, I highlighted earlier this is at least five years being at least the stack um i think i can't see any i can't see warsaw supporters um right this moment thinking we're automatic promotion contenders so we've recruited well we we seem to be moving in the right direction but there's a lot of there's a lot of clubs spending a lot of money Let's look at uh, your squad then, as if we may. You say you've recruited well in the summer, first game of the season, of course, and it's, it's, it's tough, isn't it, on, on pre-season friendlies to, to get a full assessment of how good players are going to be. But on what you've seen so far, give us a lowdown as best you can on uh, what we can expect next Saturday. I think I think we um, there was a bit of nerves early on in the supporter base where we we didn't make any public moves, but they were clearly doing things uh, behind the scenes, and uh, and there was clearly a confidence in in recruiting what they got. I think we lost we we were flying um, in the, the the first half of last season with um, Danny Johnson um, scoring a lot of goals, Mansfield. Um, Mansfield recruited, recalled him, and uh, we we struggled to score. We struggled to create, and we struggled to, to not concede in the end as well. Um, but um, the, the, the getting Danny Johnson back was probably integral to all the work that we did. Chris Hussey from Stockport, and I'm going to try Priestley Farquharson from Newport, who um, who everyone expected to go higher than us, as impressed. I think the midfield uh, has become stronger than it was. And uh, I can't remember, really remember a time in the last 20 years when we've gone into a season with five strikers who could all start. You know, there's um, the, Jamil Matt, who, who came to, to replace Danny Johnson or, or, or was, was plan B to Danny Johnson in January um, and has scored a lot of goals at this level. Um, I, I'm... He, I, I doubt he'll be first choice on, on on Saturday. I think he may well be, he may not be. But going in with five strikers gives us plenty of options. Certainly does. It, it sounds to me, Daz, as if you've got uh, certainly a competitive squad. I, I suppose there are a lot of unmentionables and ponderables at the moment, aren't there? We think we know the teams are going to be towards the top, but money doesn't always buy you success. Uh, as Morecambe proved, uh, you know, as Stevenage proved yeah. last year, you know, um, as Carlisle proved last year as well. You know, you look at the, the spending power, let's use Carlisle and Stockport, the spending power that Carlisle had against uh, against what Stockport had and uh, 
and they finished above them in forty-six games, and then they they finished above them in the playoffs. It's um, there's the, the team the team ethic is is huge in League Two. Be fit, be organised. Um, you, you don't necessarily need to be the best eleven players, but if you're the fittest eleven players, the most organised eleven players, you've got a chance. And I think that, that more can prove that a couple of seasons ago, not not the strongest team by a long way, certainly not the best budget, probably the bottom budget in the division. And, but it, it's all about that team bonding, I suppose, isn't it? And actually, if you can get a squad of decent professionals to gel, you need somebody to put the ball in the net. Obviously, that of course, that helps you to win games of football. But if you can get that to click, one or two clubs, I'm not saying Warsaw or Morecambe necessarily, but if you can get all that, all those jigsaw pieces to fall into place, then it's we could upset the apple cart a little bit, perhaps. Hopefully, hopefully, there's always, there's always one or two. There's uh, there's one or two of the well-funded clubs that that fall away. Um, I think it's super competitive. I think um, the teams that do, do finish in the top the top three or seven will be good, um, and. Uh, there's, there's, there's going to be teams that normally would finish, you know, eighth, ninth, tenth, that are going to finish thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, because I think, I think it's a really tough league. So, what constitutes a good season for Warsaw this time round? Uh, given we finished in the bottom off the table for um, just about every season since 2015-16, uh, I think the COVID season might be different, but, but that was that was special. That was special circumstances. Um, top half of the table, I think, is 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 a must for us. I think we need to finish in the top half of the table. I think we probably need to be a little bit more competitive than twelfth as as well. Um, you know, I, I, I think aiming for the playoffs might be a stretch. Manager in his first season, new team, um, kind of build some foundations for for uh, a, a good challenge in twelve months' time. Given given the strength of the league, but but you know, if you if you're as I say, if you're organised and you fit, you got a chance. And what do you make of Matt Sadler as as the as the manager? Does is that the right way to go? A young up and coming new breed of head coach, or, or would have you preferred somebody a bit more tried and tested? I suppose we did that with Michael Flynn, and it, it didn't work out. I do, I do a few of these um, here and there, and uh, I, when, when when Flynn got dismissed, and uh, somebody asked me what we uh, what we should be, who we should be going for, um, I kind of answered that we should stop trying to recruit the, the 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 best man for the job or the best person for the job. We should recruit who actually fits the job. So actually decide on what we want. And then appoint a manager to that, rather than appoint a manager and him tell us what we want to do. And uh, we certainly seem to have done done the second. Um, originally, when uh, when we were managerless and 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 Sadler was was doing a bit of caretaking, um, I thought it was a bit early. He's changed my opinion a bit. He speaks with intelligence. He speaks with consideration. You can see the the way of all the way they played in preseason. Um, it's the first preseason in in four or five where I haven't had neck ache from watching the ball <laughs> in the air all the time. We're trying to play properly. Um, the um, the players that he's signed are um, are seem to be signed to fit a role rather than the the, the bingo. He seems to be in the right place, but we'll see. 
Daz, really appreciate your time, mate. Thank you very much for joining me on a Sunday. Uh, the Greek Wi-Fi just about held out, I think, so we're going to be okay. And it's uh, it looks like it's going to be a good occasion next Saturday. I, I think you're going to be bringing, what, 12, 1300? So uh, that's going to be a good occasion. Have you ever been to the, uh, to the Mazuma on an away trip? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, uh, I did a Tuesday night where a very good Warsaw team got turned over 2-0 in the... Uh, I know it was a Johnson Payne Trophy or whatever it was called at the time, um, and properly um, turned over. I think I, I, I think I've been uh, one small. Uh, one of them was um, it was COVID one year, but I think I've been on two Tuesday nights. Looking forward to going on the Saturday. I think we um, we we sold out the original allocation. I really wouldn't be surprised if we sell out the the extra six hundred as well. And there's probably 1,500 Warsaw in there. Um, we're usually quite noisy on the opening day. It usually fades off when we get to October and everything's done and dusted. But um, opening day, we're usually quite noisy. It should be a really good game, to be honest. And, and hopefully the weather's going to be good. You can uh, do all the usual Morecambe things. Go and have your picture taken at the statue and uh, have a nice walk down the prom. And it uh, should be a good weekend, hopefully, apart from the scoreline. <laughs> May the best team win. Uh, and just before you go, Daz, let's have that score prediction. Uh, difficult being the opening day of the season, of course, but uh, what are you going for? Um, at the risk of upsetting all of your listeners, let's go for two on Warsaw. Okay. I, I wouldn't expect you to say anything any different. Daz, thank you so much indeed. Uh, great insight into the Saddlers head of the new season. And uh, I think we're looking forward to, to what League Two has in store. I think, like you say, it's uh, there's going to be some, some some good encounters, some good away trips, and certainly some very competitive and, and high-quality football on this place. So uh, hopefully both clubs can be part of that. Yeah, I wish, uh, hopefully we have a good season, and I genuinely wish more can well. Lovely, Daz. Thank you so much for your time, my friend. Uh, it lo looks like you've got you've got a decent afternoon there back in the Midlands. Not quite as good as it is here in Greece, but uh, make the most of the weather. Cheers. <laughs> Have a good one. Thanks, mate. All the best. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.